Welcome to another edition of the Inside Scoop. My name is Neil Crawford. I'm your host and also the founder of Anytime. Soccer training. If you're not familiar with the Inside Scoop, it's a podcast dedicated to helping parents learn about the soccer pathways that would be available to their child if they live in another city around the world. And this show is brought to you by Anytime Soccer Training. Anytime Soccer Training is the only online training program with well over 5,000 training videos that cover everything. Kids love it because every video is 100% follow along in less than five minutes, and that includes rest breaks as well. Parents love the fact that now they have something where they only have to hit play. And coaches love the fact that they can create teams and see that the kids are doing it. We're building a lot of momentum and we're getting a lot of positive reviews headed into the winter break. Anytime soccer training is the perfect, perfect program to supplement your team in the off season, as season, especially when you live in a relatively cold area and the kids can't get outside as much as you would like to get those extra touches. You stay connected with your team around those things that matter, which is getting extra touches. And the best thing, if you're a club director or coach listening, the cost is it's less than $5 per player for the entire year. It's an absolute no-brainer. So check out anytime-soccer.com to learn more about what we do. And now let's get on to the show. This is going to be a quick midweek podcast based on a conversation that we're having in our Facebook group uh, now. And if you're not a member of the Anytime Soccer Training Facebook group, I encourage you to go go to Facebook and search for Anytime Soccer Training Parents and Players or Players and something, it'll come up and join the conversation. The conversation that we're having now, and we're gonna have this conversation again today because I'm asking another question and we had it last week, is pondering the question of, is there an ultimate tool is there an ultimate context? Is there an ultimate learning module for player development? And if you remember in previous podcasts, I define player development in my own terms. I defined it as, as a process that can be replicated. It takes what the player has, right? Teaches them something mentally and technically and all the other components of soccer in an effort to improve on-field performance um, as an individual, uh, as a team, and then as an individual within that team context, right? And so then the question becomes, well, this process obviously has components and there are components of that process. Are there components of that process that you rank to be uh, more important than others? And, um, and this is a very important conversation because for our parent trainers, because what we're trying to do as parent trainers is we observe our club's process, and then we try to fill in the gaps uh, uh, in those areas that either our club does not have time to do, or we deem uh, they're not doing as effectively as we would like, or um, we're trying to 10x whatever they're doing. So they're doing this thing, but they just don't have, they just don't get the volume of, of doing it, and we can step in and help. And that's 
And so how we rank the components of that process and how we understand those how those components fit together is very important to us as parent trainers. Is, um, and so that's what I want to take a moment to talk about now. And the reason I want to talk about this is because when I'm having conversations with our parents and coaches, I do feel like sometimes it's misunderstood. What I am saying is misunderstood. I don't know if it's misunderstood because I'm not talking to the person um, and I, I'm only reading their comments, but based on the comments, sometimes I feel like it's misunderstood. And I thought, you know what? I owe it to folks to jump on the airways and give my perspective. And then I have an open invitation to anyone that wants to um, come on and share their perspective, because I think the podcast is a perfect medium for sharing nuance, hearing tone, and giving uh, a more broader and in-depth, uh, having a broader, more broader, sorry, broader, excuse me, an in-depth discussion about these topics. So the reason I think I'm, so my central argument, let me just say this, my central argument, when we start talking about which is more important, so is futsal more important than structured team soccer playing and training? Is, you know, the uh, structured small sided games more important than complete freak play, no adults involved? Or is individual training more important than small sided games or small sided games more important than individual training? Is it's it's individual training with a lot of opposed uh, uh, opposed training more important than individual training and isolated. So so my so so people people talk about this quite often and and people tend to at least from what I see they tend to have a pecking order of how they of their priorities right. And if I were to interpret whatever their priorities are, if I were to interpret that, then as a parent trainer, then I would organize myself and organize what I do. Um, with my boys based on some priority of of things, right? So if someone comes to you and says, well, you want to bake a cake and the, the, the number one ingredient you have to have is sugar and then you have to have milk and you have to have this and then, but this is a like to have or this is not that important, then obviously you're going to make sure you go and get those essential things before you um, go and get the non-essential things. And that's basically what is sort of told to us as parent trainers. And the argument that I always make, which I think is confused, confused sometimes is, we really wanna focus on all the above. We want to try our best to introduce a tapestry of experiences uh, to our children. We, um, we want to introduce a variety of uh, experiences and context with our children. We want to introduce a degree of flexibility um, in training with our children. And that's one of the greatest benefits we can give to our children uh, when, once we observe their club is to, is to offer, uh, offer a counterbalance to some of the things that they're really good at and some of the things that they may not be good at. But when I posit this idea that, you know, pretty much everything is important and we can't possibly know what is more important for a lot of different reasons it's it's often interpreted as i'm saying whatever they're saying i'm i'm suggesting that the thing that they're not saying is more important so let me give you an example instead of speaking so cryptic so there's a famous interview with pep Guardiola where he talks to an interviewer and it's just a soundbite where he basically 
specifically says at the younger ages, I just wish the kids just play, just let them play. Maybe you give some a little bit of instruction here and there. And I make the argument that while that's important, what he's saying, I can't reconcile what he is saying with how their youth academy systems are run, not in Man City and not in Spain, where he would have spent a lot of his time. Because when I look at their training week, they're not just letting the kids play. You could even argue at the academy level, they, they're producing a football factory and they have a system of play in mind that they want. And they're going to weed out the players who can't, who don't, who they feel don't fit that particular system. So not only are they not just letting them play, they're not even just letting them play within a structured environment if the player's skill set doesn't fit what they think they're going to need for the first team. And so I'm not, uh, I am picking on um, Pep in this regard, but what I'm basically saying is as parent trainers, you're going to hear a lot of sound bites thrown your way, right? And I don't know how much you interpret them. They, you may not, how much you use them or how much they influence you. They may not influence what you're doing whatsoever, but you're going to hear them a lot. And you just have to remember that this person, again, is not thinking about us. And, and, and these sound bites, in, in, in many cases, are not holistic views of how they feel about development, if I'm being fair. But so that's number one. And so if someone says, oh, you should just let them play, my counterweight is balance is going to say, well, while that's important, we also know that kids who have a degree of competency, not even kids, people who have a high degree of competency tend to enjoy that activity even more, right? So if the goal is to just let them play, do a lot of behind the scenes to help them become competent because they're going to enjoy that experience even more, right? But you don't have to do that either, right? So it can be a lot of the learning is organic. So you just throw a kid in who has no experience Unlike adults, a lot of times they just fit in where they get in, where they fit in. And over time, they're going to get better. So you don't necessarily have to, quote unquote, micromanage that aspect of things either. So, for example, when my son's free play that I try to have the last thing on my mind is the benefits of how this is going to benefit them in soccer. I'm actually just happy that they're active because I think inactivity is a bigger issue than uh than even any issue that we have with soccer specifically. I'm just so happy that they're active. All right. So you all, again, you'll often hear someone say, uh, futsal, futsal is the ultimate tool for player development and kids should only play futsal at this age and then they can transition to the soccer, uh, transition in soccer and those skills they learn in futsal for various reasons are gonna easily transferable to soccer, but the reverse is, may not be true. And again, I go back to the same thing. Um, you know, use everything in your toolbox. So I would not exclude any um, major uh, learning, well-established learning activity uh, based on some arbitrary, I believe relatively arbitrary pecking order. I would try to hedge my bets. And this gets into what we, what we would call in the world of finance is that diversification. We think diversification is intrinsically better than putting all your eggs in one basket, right? You'll hear people say street soccer, that's the way to go. Street soccer, you gotta do street soccer, right? That's 
Well, but the reality is a lot of the cultures that they're referring to are not the cultures here, right? So for example, in, uh, I don't know if they still do this, but in Korea, it's, uh, uh, South Korea is very common for kids to go to a night school for additional tutoring after their regular school, right? And I would imagine that's extremely important in terms of their scholastic aptitude, even though I'm sure the kids hate it. Well, that's not our coach culture here. Even if I said it was completely free at, at, at seven o'clock, you can go back to school. We would not, we wouldn't take it because that's just not our culture. And so with the whole street soccer thing, while street soccer is extremely important, I live in Cary, North Carolina in the suburbs and there's just not a lot of street soccer going on. So what I do is I take from that, that principle, I take that principle away. And what do I do with it? I try to create free play opportunities for my sons, but I don't have this anxiety about the fact that my children are not uh, engaged in what we would call, what they would call street soccer. And I'm not sure if any parent trainer listening does, but if you do, do then I'm, you know, I ain't now, I haven't seen any kids to, uh, I haven't raised any professionals or trained any professionals to so take this with a grain of salt. But I am at peace with myself to saying I do the best I can with the resources I have. And I, I listen, I learn, I try to um, incorporate as much as I can uh, when it's practical, but it is what it is, right? Same thing with opposed versus unopposed. I, you know, I train kids all the time and I try to do all the above. There are things that I do in an opposed setting unopposed setting that we talked about. Some of them may be hard for you to picture, but I measure certain things out. Um, when I work with absolute beginners or kids who haven't gone through this, I am on my hands and knees touching their feet and moving their feet uh, so that they get an idea of where I want them to touch, the, where they, their foot should touch the ball, which part of their foot should touch the ball, the weight. Not to say, not to prescribe to them, this is how they're going to dribble or this is how they're going to pass. It's just embarking on, it's just sharing to say, knowledge with them of best practices that I have observed over the last 10 years of working with children. And once you appreciate these best practices, right, which are pretty commonly accepted, then you tailor uh, your how you do things uh, to your own body, right? Well, I can't do that in a post setting, right? It's just not possible. But I can't get the level of intensity, the level of enjoyment, the competitive element of it in an unopposed setting, I need an opposed setting. I can't get the decision-making that I would want in a small-sided uh, game in an individual setting. But at the same time, the small-sided game will not be as fruitful if the kids have not become proficient in these sort of basic skills in order to play. But that doesn't mean you have to wait until they become proficient to start small-sided games. On the contrary, sometimes we start with a small-sided game so they can see oh, this is, this is what we're going to work on. This is how the skill that we're going to work on is going to, uh, how we're going to apply it. It's totally up to you. I'm not a coach in that regard. So our coaches listen to this can, are more than happy to jump on the podcast and add some teeth to what I'm saying and some detail to what I'm saying. But I'm going to go uh, again, fall on the, on, I'm going to climb on the hill of all the above. All the above is important. It's almost impossible to rank what's most important right? Do everything. I do look at what my club is really good at. I do look at what they have an advantage to execute, right? So they have an advantage to execute things that are team related. 
they have an advantage to execute things that are uh, that are relatively complicated, right? Hopefully they do. Hopefully they have the skill set to do this. They are more. They have a. They're in more of a. They're in a better position to um, execute drills to require uh, complex uh, decision making. And then I'll look at the things that I am at more of an advantage of. I, as a parent, have more of an advantage to get high volumes of reps to work on aerial control. Uh, I am more at an advantage to introduce technical variation in a way that takes 10 years and not 10 days. So I do look at those things and say, okay, I'm gonna prioritize these things because I'm more at an advantage to do these things and I'm at a disadvantage to do these, so I'm gonna outsource them. But I don't, you know, and I don't recommend you saying, oh, this is more important than this. They all, it all works together. And so I will end with this. If someone were to come to me and, and said, Neil, I'm gonna put a gun to your head and say, okay, well, if you could only do one thing with your children, um, what would it be? Because you just said that you don't prioritize anything. So what would it be if you could only do one thing? You have to make a choice. Would you just put a, would you just um, randomly pick something and work on that? Well, first of all, I think if you just randomly pick that thing and worked on it, you're, you'd probably be okay. But if someone put a gun to my head and said, Neil, you have to pick something to work on. Um, and this is all you can do for the next year or whatever. What, what, what do you do? Well, I'm, I, I'm speaking directly to my sons in this regard. This is the answer that I want them to give when they become my age. Well, my priority is always going to be focus on the things you control. If you want to get better at something, destroy the things you can control, right? So get out a piece of paper and write down all the things you can control on one side and then all the things you don't control on the other side. And, and, and kill the things that you can control, right? Uh, maybe I'll do it like this. You write down all the things you can control on the left. Then in the middle, you write down the things you don't control, but you have some influence over. And then you write down the things you don't have any control over. And I'm telling you, if you want to um, progress in anything you do, whether it be business, life, soccer, whatever, if you knock out things that you can control, it has a magical um, way of aligning the things that you influence and things you don't control in your favor. So if someone puts a gun to my head and says, well, what do you prioritize? Well, my first question is going to be, what do you control? And if, if what you control is you going in the basement and kicking the ball against the wall 50 times, then that's my top priority because I can predict that. I know it's going to happen. I'm going to do it religiously. And no one is going to have kicked the ball against the wall more than me in America because I can control that. I can control how much time I spend on the ball, right? I have control over that. I control how what I read. I control what, I, um, what information I consume. I control my fitness level. I can control my diet. These are the things that are most important to me. So if you put a gun to my head, the number one thing I'm going to say is I prioritize the things that I have control over. And then the next priority is things I have influence over, right? So I have, yeah, yeah. We know free plays are very important. We know street soccer in this regard is very important. We know um, playing in futsal environments, these kinds of things, the small sided games are very important. You have influence, um, and you have the ability to contact three or four friends and say, guys, listen, Mondays and Fridays or whatever, I'm going to be here. 
And I would love it if you guys came and we got together and we played. You don't control this, but you influence it, right? And you keep your circle small. You, you, this is what we're trying to do. I'm going to be here from this time to this time, and I love to play. I really want you to come. Or you go out and find free play opportunities. Now they got all this stuff, these events. You go out and find them. Or you go out and find adults. Hey, guys, um, I'm 13. Now I'm talking to my older son. I'm 13, uh, but I'm pretty good. Can I play with y'all? Sure, come on, come on. You don't control that, but you influence, right? You influence that. But by you being good and being able to deal with the ball, you being able to play, um, that 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 environment that you influence but don't control, those people are going to say, man, you're welcome to come back anytime. But you step on that pitch and you got two left feet, you're not going to get that invitation. What, what day y'all meet? No, we gotta, we're going to figure it out. We're going to figure it out and we'll text you. But you be good in, in that environment that you have influence over, uh, you will um, uh, you, that environment that you have influence over, you will benefit more. And then finally, it would be, you know, you have no influence over how the club operates itself and all this kind of thing. And that would be the third thing. So again, all the above, folks. Let's focus on all the above. Nothing, no one thing is more important than the other. And I don't want to be, even though I'm the founder of a program that helps kids with individual skill training, I don't want to be uh, put into a box of you saying individual skill training is more important than everything else. It's not. You know, um, my son's free play all the time. They always on the soccer field, always playing with each other because that's life and I want them to enjoy their childhood. But the bottom line is I, I recognize and I hope you guys recognize the thing that they control is the time they spend on the ball so we can program that out and we can be pretty deliberate about that, right? And I don't want anybody telling you to do anything that requires other people to be on your level, right? Because we, in education, we have this saying, Superman is not coming to save right? You may not, you may be listening to this and there is no futsal court around you. You may be listening to this and you in the middle of nowhere and everybody around you is playing football, basketball, and baseball. You don't have anybody else to play with. And I don't want you thinking that the key to your success is finding other people on, on your level because it's not, right? The key to your success is hammering out the things you can control uh, and then having an impact on the things you can influence and letting the other chips fall where they like. All right, guys, this is Neil Crawford. I'm the founder of Anytown Soccer Training and also the host of the Inside Scoop. Now, I'm going to end by saying I really need your support. So definitely check out anytime-soccer.com to learn more about what we do. And after this, I'm going to end this show. Um, you're going to hear the outro, and then I'm going to end this show with a quick review from one of our parents. Um, I think they kind of capture what we're trying to do better than I can. So listen to that and then jump on anytime-soccer.com and please uh, check it out. It's totally free to join. You get a lot of free content. Let's get better together. Um, just was looking for a long time for a good online kind of simple training program that my daughter could do on her own. So um, we came across Anytime Soccer and just felt like the layout was really 
good and, and simple and the trainings are really good, especially the ones you can do right in the living room. And so I had actually gotten my daughter to do the 30 day challenge. I think we just did the ball mastery one. And um, just within that 30 days uh, afterwards, so for this whole season, less starting in September, October, uh, every game, someone would come up and say how much better Grace's footwork has gotten. And I was just like, well, she just did this 30-day thing with Anytime Soccer. So I've been telling people a lot about it. But it was just amazing to me to just see, like, man, 10 minutes a day. What 10 minutes a day could do. 